And welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to the selfless sacrifice of zoologists everywhere who have to constantly remind their patients that no means no. I'm your host, Jack, and thank you guys so, so much for tuning in today. I am super excited about today's episode, although I know I'm always excited about my episodes, so I don't know how much impact that statement has. Regardless, you're here for a good time. I'm here for a good time. Let's have a good time. Starting with the name, Kakapo which when I read it, I was really hoping it'd be pronounced Kaka Poo because I am actually just a child who pays taxes. Kaka and Poo together is just funny to me, but that's not how it's pronounced. Some idiot scientist missed that opportunity. So I was very disappointed when I Googled the pronunciation and I got Kakapo, or at least that's what it is if you're American, which I am. If you're British, it's pronounced Kakapo because we just have to disagree on fucking everything, of course. And before I get DMs shitting on the American accent or how the English accent is so much more classic, the current American accent is actually older than the modern English accent. So check your elitism at the door. There's no door. You're probably listening on an app. Check it at the play button. That does not have the same level of bravado, but it doesn't matter. This is not a linguistics podcast. That's just yet another thing that I enjoy that keeps me from getting invites to parties. This is a biology podcast, so let's talk about kakapos, which despite me throwing a tantrum like a whole 10 seconds ago, I actually think sounds better as kakapo. Maybe because they live in New Zealand and that's how like New Zealanders say it. Although I Googled the pronunciation in the Maori dictionary, which is where the word comes from, and it said kakapo. But then I looked up a video of a New Zealander talking about kakapos and they said kakapo, so who knows? At this point, you've probably heard me say kakapo like five times, so a reasonable podcast host would tell you what the fuck a kakapo even is. So I'll do that now. It's a big, fat, green, flightless parrot, and it's adorable in that goofy sort of way. Like, I look at a pug in the same way that I look at a kakapo, just going like, aw, you're so dumb and goofy looking and would absolutely get wrecked if you weren't in a safe environment devoid of predators. Like, don't even try to tell me a pug would last on the mean streets. And definitely don't try to tell me a kakapo would. We learned that lesson the hard way, which I will get into. But first, I'm gonna try to stay on the topic of the bird's description, despite my ADHD's best efforts and many successes to lead me astray. As I said, it's a big, fat, flightless parrot, and it's very unique in that regard, and others. But it's the only known flightless parrot it's also unique because most parrot species don't actually display any like visual sexual dimorphism while kakapos do. Sorry, kakapos do. <laughs> but in general, that's actually unusual for birds as a whole that parents don't display sexual dimorphism. Cause like think of peacocks, you know, the females are brown and the peacocks are like big and huge and blue and beautiful, right? So birds as a whole generally display like very significant sexual dimorphism. So it's weird that parrots don't, and then it's double weird that cockapos, which are parrots, do. Or maybe it's half weird. I'm not sure if it's double or half. I'm not a mathematician. Whatever. <laughs> you get it. Also unique, while parrots are famous for talking and mimicking human speech, which actually, by the way, crows are able to do that, cockapos, which are parrots, actually don't mimic human speech. They are super vocal, um, just not with like, talking, talking. So it's the largest of the parrot species in terms of weight. It averages almost nine pounds or four kilos. 
It would probably be the largest parrot overall if its wingspans and tail length followed the same trend as parrots like the scarlet macaw. But it actually has a really like unusually short, stumpy tail and short, stumpy wings instead. Looking at pictures of cockapos hanging out with humans, I'm gonna compare it to like an adult cat as far as size goes. So bigger than a kiwi bird, but it's got nothing on emus as far as like the great flightless bird competition. Smaller than a dodo bird too, if you're curious. It's also smaller than the truly biggest parrot, which is unfortunately extinct, the Heracles inexpectatus, which was just massive, like approaching human size. <laughs> It's possible that the Kakapo is on the same route of extinction as the Heracles inexpectatus. They're listed as critically endangered, which is the final step before becoming either extinct in the wild or just plain extinct. As of August 2019, the population is just 204 individuals. There's so few left that all of them are actually individually tracked and have names. Wikipedia even has like a page titled list of kakapo and you can see every single individual kakapo in the world and get details about them. The fact that there's so few is just heartbreaking, honestly, you know? 204 individuals seems like very bad news and that's because it's very, very bad. Especially considering they used to be New Zealand's third most common birds, like before humans came over. They would have basically been their version of like the New York City pigeon, you know? But believe it or not, it is actually good news because 204 is a much higher number than 51, which is the lowest that the population reached before the Kakapo recovery program managed to get them into an incline. The slow but monumental increase in their numbers is due to conservation laws and protections, advances in technology that allow for like artificial insemination or repairing broken eggs or curing fatal fungal infections, but primarily by hacking biology and some good old fashioned seduction. Let's introduce a main character into our tale. If you go down that list of individual kakapo I mentioned, you can find one of them has a link to his own entire Wikipedia page, an eager young man named Sirocco. Sirocco was born, or I guess hatched. <laughs> Sirocco was hatched on March 23rd, 1997. By the way, yes, that does make him a young man since the lifespan of the kakapo is at least 100 years. A couple weeks after he hatched, he was tragically struck with a severe respiratory illness. It was bad enough that the Department of Conservation decided to have rangers hand raise him instead of his mother, since his mother is obviously not a qualified doctor or wildlife rehabilitator. She is a parrot. Since he was so young, this had the unintended, evolutionarily disadvantageous, but fantastic side effect of Sirocco imprinting on humans. Now, there are multiple kinds of imprinting, but the one that most people know of, even if they don't know the name, is filial imprinting. The primary example of that would be like how a baby duck imprints shortly after it hatches and then it decides to follow whoever it imprints on constantly, right? I actually helped a bunch of baby ducks cross the street and then like get over curbs the other day and the urge that I felt to steal a baby duck while his little webbed feet were walking on my hands and his mom was just honking incessantly at me was nearly unbearable. I, I was so tempted. Another fantastic example of baby imprinting would be when Togepi hatched on Pokemon Indigo League and imprinted on Misty. Although, if I'm being honest, Togepi's imprint process was unrealistically fast. It was like a whole two seconds. Baby ducks usually take like five days. So Sirocco imprinted on humans, and as he grew up, that in turn led to a different form of imprinting called sexual imprinting. 
Basically, one of the things that young animals learn, and yes, humans are animals who learn this too, but there is also reverse sexual imprinting, but one of the things that young animals learn as they grow up is desirable characteristics in a mate. Whatever they grow up with is what they learn they should look for when it's sexy time. So your mommy issues or your daddy issues have some biological basis. I hope that makes you feel better. Probably not. Go to therapy. Sirocco was consistently exposed to humans as a young bird. So when those puberty hormones started raging through his body, he figured, hey, time to find a human to fuck. And you can watch the Sirocco sex tape anytime you want, available on YouTube. Sirocco pulled a Kim Kardashian and used a sex tape to launch himself to international celebrity status. In 2009, Stephen Fry, because of course it was Stephen Fry, was presenting a BBC series called Last Chance to See with zoologist Mark Kowardian, an awesome series meant to help out endangered species like the northern white rhino and, of course, the kakapo. As it turns out, Mark Kowardian checked every single box for prime sexual partner that Sirocco learned during his imprinting because he was fucking thirsty for some Mark C and decided to sex him up on international television. Sirocco flew right up to this presumably non-consenting dude's head and starts going to town while repeatedly slapping Mark in the face with his wings, which is toxic. Mark was actually bleeding by the time Sirocco was done with him. But Stephen Fry was sure to compliment Mark for his very, very active role in the species conservation. And BBC decided to keep the whole thing, just not editing anything out, in the final documentary, much to my eternal happiness. And it blew up, and then Sirocco had a whole other documentary dedicated solely to him, which won the Wild Screen Panda Award, and then became literally like the officially government-appointed spokesbird for New Zealand conservation. The prime minister calls him an ambassador. His sex tape got him a whole ass job. <laughs> While Sirocco is great for Kakapo conservation as far as like awareness and support for conservation, He's terrible for the conservation part that involves like actually procreating, you know, making babies, perpetuating the species. As much as Stephen Fry was hoping Mark would lay like a human parrot hybrid egg, we're not genetically compatible. We have that XY chromosome system, they got the ZW chromosome system, it's just not meant to be. And since Sirocco is imprinted on humans, he's just completely uninterested in mating with actual Kakapos. Intraspecies breeding is a turnoff, and that would be fine if kakapos weren't critically endangered, but they are, so having a male who won't procreate is a real loss. Something that will always give me hope though is that human creativity knows no limits. Conservationists, passionate as they are, figured that if a kakapo was going to mate with a random human head he encountered, Let's cover a helmet with rubber mesh and have everyone wear it, so at least we can collect the ejaculates and do some artificial insemination. <laughs> Thus, the Kakapo ejaculation helmet was born, and it looks like a bike helmet covered in condoms. It's beautiful. <laughs> Unfortunately, it failed, because no one is going to sit there for the entire hour that it takes for Kakapo to finish, so they donated it to the local museum. Which is brilliant! You can go look at a condom helmet in a fancy-ass museum, and it's right next to a robot kakapo named Chloe, which is actually my best friend's name, who is another failed kakapo sex project, but for the kakapos that were attracted to other kakapos. They figured they could convince male kakapos to mate with essentially a sex doll to collect the semen, but I guess it's just not the same as a real woman kakapo. 
I'll have to ask Chloe's boyfriend if there are any similarities between the two of them. That'll be an interesting chat. But to this day, Sirocco is still trying to get lucky with humans. Kakapos use a mating strategy called booming, which comes from the booming sound they make during it. While most of us use Tinder to find hot horny singles in our area, male Kakapos prefer something more romantic. They dig a hole in the ground, then inflate themselves with air to fill the hole with their bodies, and then they start screaming for like eight hours a night, which I guess is their advertisement as the hot horny single in the area. So this actually is a breeding system called the Lek breeding system. Lek like L-E-K. I'm sure you know about this, even if you don't know the name, but birds are, birds are pretty famous for this. Basically, males gather in an arena and compete for female attention by putting on displays or lecking. And then females choose who had the best performance and mate with them. So, you know, birds are pretty famous for those kind of dancing mating displays. That's called lecking. So for kakapos, males gather in an area and scream as sexily as they can for the entire goddamn night, every night, for the four month breeding period. I suppose it's good and bad that they only breed every five years. Like, could you imagine living next to that? Their boom screams can be heard multiple miles away, which is fantastic if you're a young female kakapo looking for a stud to keep you warm through the night. It's also fantastic if you're a predator looking for a calorie dense meal. While normal kakapo males are booming where female kakapos hang out, Sirocco spends his days booming near his favorite human hotspots, hoping a human will finally be attracted to him the way that he's attracted to them. Going back to the five-year thing, that's one of the lowest breeding rates amongst birds. It might be the lowest. But the reason why is they breed based on the ripening cycle of the rimu fruit. It's obviously not great for their species conservation, but they've managed to lend evidence to the Trivers-Willard hypothesis that conservationists are taking advantage of to basically hack biology in the kakapo favor. The hypothesis proposes that female animals can adjust the sex ratio of their offspring based on their own condition. Parents in poor or good condition would determine if it would be more advantageous for a species reproduction to have sons or daughters. So for kakapos, a mother in good condition, receiving lots of food, indicates that there are lots of resources. Kakapos are polygynous, so a son would be able to mate with multiple females, and lots of resources would put him at an advantage with competing against other males in fights for good booming arenas, and then mating with multiple females. Plus, males generally have 30 to 40% more body weight, so they need more calories. Which means generally, if a kakapo mother is well-fed, she gives birth to more sons. Female kakapos are able to lay eggs even when there are few resources, and they don't need to fight for booming grounds, so it would end up being more advantageous for a mother living with less resources to give birth to more daughters. So if food is more scarce, she produces more daughters. Conservationists have been able to use that to influence how many individuals of each sex they need to help the species along. This has actually been seen in a few animals, so naturally I was curious if humans were one of them. Apparently the evidence so far is inconclusive. Disappointing. Anyways, that brings me to my last thing that I want to mention. Please listen before you guys press next or like exit out of this. It's important to me. <laughs> if I have done a good job of convincing you that kakapos are cool, you should consider this. For the month of May, I'm going to be donating 100%, 100% of my Patreon proceeds to the Kakapo Conservation Program. Every single penny. I'm not keeping any of it and I will be uploading receipts. If you want to help out, I have the location in the podcast description, I have it on the Instagram. Your entire donation will go to Kakapos. Kakapos. Kakapo. Either. No matter how you pronounce it, it's going to flightless parrots. And just because fuck it, 
I'm going to match the donation amount from my own money, my own bank account, my dollars. So any donation you make on Patreon basically gets doubled. To a certain extent, of course. I don't have like a spare $10,000 just laying around. I'm pretty poor. I would love to spend $10,000 on cacapos, but a bitch has to eat. If you want to donate 10k to the Patreon, I will send the whole thing. <laughs> and like, I don't know, a shit ton of t-shirts or something. <laughs> like, if you're gonna drop 10k, you deserve something. <laughs> Anyways, charity plug over. I love you guys. You're the best. I upload every other hump day except in circumstances like this past one where I had to push it a week because I had to keep taking my dog to the vet and then a surgeon because he's clumsy and has no self-preservation instincts. That's the That was a weird end to the episode. Um, I apologize for that, but I love you. See you next episode. Bye.